Winches and scallywags, rugrats over 18 years of age, prudes avert your ears and eyes. The Asylum Studio brings to you a show to bend your mind and implode your morals. Ethics be damned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Chaos and Disorder. Well, we got it down to, what, about a half an hour, 40 minutes to get on air. He's making progress. It only required a new computer and some good encouragement from Rick Briggs. So, uh, Well, yeah, I mean, we got to keep things positive. That's right. That's what we right. do. We, we are... Uh, Nothing but that supportive, a soft place to land here at Chaos and Disorder. And if you want more of this feel good, check out everything at Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters, Chaos and Disorder pod on Facebook, or email the show at I don't even know what the heck's the email, Chaos and It Dis- is Chaos and Disorder pod at gmail.com. Does anybody ever write Chaos and Disorder pod at gmail.com? We've had a couple. They should. Yes. Right. I mean, in. just do it once. And it'll it'll pop up next time you go to email. It's not that difficult. Well, Rick Briggs discovered autofill breaking <laughs> it, news. It just does whenever it feels like breaking. Yeah, look, breaking news. Look, I, I take this stuff very seriously. I just ended a very competitive chess game on the internet, <laughs> waiting on this boob <laughs> to get us on, and lo and behold, he did. Did you win? I had to quit. Oh, because the show is so much more important. Well, I don't think that's true. You'll be back playing it again in no time flat. He will be. But if this show is if this show is so important to you, you'd finish the introduction and then we could get on with it. Complaining is much more important well, that's than true. the that's introduction. True. I mean, but it, thanks to Andy Franton, you can find him on Facebook and TikTok at Bronco Swanson. Hey, I said it right for a change. You nailed you can, it. Yeah, check him out for shows in your area and uh, great music. On Bandcamp. There it is. Real Rival Lovers on Twitter. That's Rival Lovers. Great music. Indeed. So, so Rick, I want to go ahead in the way back machine. Way back to last week. I feel like we left something very open-ended. And I've made no bones about the fact that generally... The moment we turn these microphones off, I don't think about the show, this audience, or you two idiots again for seven straight days. Obviously, I don't either because I have no clue what you're talking but about. But something has been stuck in my craw, and it, it it came from the text message thread that, of course, I didn't respond to, but I, I was reading, and it appeared that the, uh, the box, Rick Briggs' box, wasn't just a botched attempt at humor. There was an actual story behind it that you never settled, and it's been keeping me up at night, and I need to... I need to know what happened, what you were getting at, what 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 was up with the box. I have no idea what no, you're talking no, about. No, you're not <laughs> going to slow roll me here. I need uh, to know. Just, this, this has been driving gone. me I nuts. Mean, no. That story is no, history. No, every oh, yeah. story you tell is history because most of them start back in 1946. So this is nary a week old. So come on, give it to me. Did you know? No, you're not diverting. No, 1946. Or what year did you? Are you about to tell me everything you know about 1946? Now I can tell you quite a bit. I don't know. I wasn't there. The box. I don't know what to tell you. You, you know it's what over. the hell I'm... It's not over. Tell me about the so, box. The way you're cackling over there, dummy, do you know what's up with the box? I have no clue. Come on. <laughs> tell me about the box. Where, where were you going with Nothing. It? Come on. It's, no. It, no, no. It's, it's no. all over with. I'll, I'm just going to say box for the next 60 minutes until you, unless you tell the story. Go so ahead. you might as well get your dumb chess game back on. <laughs> you got it. It's right here. Come chess. on. No, what, what's I up mean, with the box? I'm fine. No. no. Come on. Where, where are you getting It's all that? over with, like... 
You you saw what I wrote, didn't you? Yes, and it, that's what's been driving me nuts, because I thought you were trying to make some clunky analogy to something that didn't make any sense. You had your senior moment, and because I got you off track, and, it, and the joke went away. It seems there's an actual box, that, and I need to know what's in the box. <laughs> see, that's the point. Young people don't learn because they keep yapping their traps when they should be listening. Well, you gave me a microphone. This is on you. No, actually, you got that microphone. Well, that's true, but but then (laughs) you show up in this dumb studio every day. If I could turn it off, I would, but I can't. All right, well, Finkelstein's going to turn it off, and you're going to tell the box story. We have draft to get to. We've got, I got a rant to get to. Oh, you're predicting a rant. Yeah, I've got a real rant. It's been bugging me since the weekend. Um, We've got... I got a very interesting story about more malfeasance from former NFL players. Uh, And the big reveal of what's in the box. All good things. No, no, no. We're not doing this. There's nobody sitting on the edge of their seat other than me wanting to know what's in the box. That's why it's fun. So let's do it now. It's kind of like what we were talking about off air before. Nobody cares. You know, yeah, we so, can't talk about that. So on keep the air, bringing but it up. Cares. Keep bringing it up. Just means nobody still doesn't care except you, right? So, so, so let's resolve it so we can get on to entertaining the masses. Let's all do two it. dozen of them. Let's do it. No, no, tell the story. No, come on. What's in the box, Alejandro? Yes, sir. You had an idea about the NFL draft, which is coming up on Thursday. Thursday. It's a fantastic idea. He had the idea that the draft is happening Thursday. Well, no, <laughs> I'm pretty it's sure kind of that like was a segue for he... him to go. Why, yes, I did, Rick. Well, thanks for telling you me. You know, it has to take him 20 minutes to start saying everything, just like it has to take him oh. 120 minutes to turn on an effing computer every Tuesday. <sighs> well, <laughs> was this the Finkelstein impression? <laughs> yeah, but see, I lost my train, boy. When are you going to get your act together? All right, so oh. well, let's hear this brilliant idea why Rick formulates the box story. I mean, it, it may have been just copying everybody else, and you guys do your, um, like, essentially the top ten picks and first round. Ugh. I don't know. Four quarterbacks, five quarterbacks, and then a bunch of other guys. That's my prediction. What do you got, Rick? <laughs> just, you know, yeah, but you talk about spot well, on. Hey, I think he needs the the horns for a change. Nope. <laughs> I got him a new computer and everything, and he still can't it, execute. It works for what two and a half minutes? Well, that's that's debatable. I'm uh, I, I don't know. I'm really starting to wonder, Rick. You, you know me. I'm not a tech genius, and, and I always kind of defer I'm to I'm surprised you. you know how to work a doorknob to say you're not a tech genius. Holy understatement. However, yay! I, I, don't, yay. I don't pretend to say I'm a producer and still not know how to run anything. Yeah, well, he's a producer in as much as he brings you beer. He does produce beer. Yeah, he does produce yes. beer. There's I don't think yay. I've ever called myself a producer. Produces, a produces gas. Yay! That's about it. But the no-cell horns don't work. But yeah. the yay does. I don't like that. I'm really upset. 
you got that. <laughs> Let's get started. All right, what are we getting started with? Are we actually mocking? The box. No. The box. No. Let's get on with the show. No, I, I can't move on. Now, this, this is going to be a long night for you and our listeners because be I me. can't I'll move start on. i playing chess and be quiet. It don't bother me a bit. So I'll say this about the draft. It's not an exaggeration that I hate this process. I hate the lead-up to the draft. But here's where my hypocrisy starts showing big time. Come Thursday, I'm going to be in front of it. I'm going to be engaged. Other than the quarterbacks, I'm not going to know who any of the guys are, but I'm going to be all in it. It's still fascinating television, but what is it? You know my problem with it? I actually don't have – well, I do have a problem with the whole process, but when did every dick with a Twitter account decide – he knows more about NFL draft scouting than, oh, I don't know, NFL draft scouts and general managers. It, it, it gets so unbearable to this Oh, point. it is. And, and one of the things that's really been – you follow on Twitter how Justin Fields should be thought about at the number one pick all of a sudden. When it wasn't that long ago, he wasn't – one of the top guys, period. Let alone top, or I mean, top quarterback. Let alone top guys. Right? Well, he's run that seesaw, right? He he wasn't but, considered that at the end of the college football season. They were talking about nobody was talking about him ahead of Trevor Lawrence, but he was talked about as the next guy. And then, as always happens in this draft process, you know, a couple of teams fell in love with Mac Jones. A couple of guys have fallen in with other people, and now Fields is starting to slip. And then, of course, all the hot take artists are out there. I'm, we're not even. Finkelstein will make me delete the whole show, so we won't even talk about what's been the narrative today with why on the four-letter network or why Justin Fields has fallen down the draft board, which in my opinion is utter nonsense. But that kind of highlights the problem, right? We're having this debate about the issue with NFL teams in inclusivity and diversity and everything based on draft speculation. The draft hasn't happened yet. The draft, he hasn't fallen to, who was it, Chris Sims predicted him at 32, which is what triggered all this. First of all, that's stupid. And if you think Justin Fields is going to go to 32, you hit yourself in the head with a meekly a mallet. You know what? Are, what are you doing here? So all of that, and this is the part in all seriousness that disgusts me with this whole thing. And you watch, you know, people, people we we like. Well, we don't like anybody, but people we tolerate and speak to on Twitter attacking each other over, you know, this guy's in the sixth spot and I have him in the eighth. So you're an idiot and should be shot and drawn and quartered and everything else. And it's just like. Oh my God, you know, out of the 32, how many is anybody going to get right? 12, 14, 16? I, I mean, it's it's a complete crapshoot. And, well, and I that's guess that's where I was going down. with the Justin Field thing. Not Nothing to do with him per se, but he's talked about going top three, then he's nowhere, then he's back. But not to anybody in the NFL. Right. They've they already know. got this. Yeah, and they're not telling you. <laughs> exactly. Like, why would they tell anybody right. when they're doing deals behind closed doors and and being very covert? As they should. As they should be, obviously, because you don't want your guy getting sniped. Um, 
you know, by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, this whole Twitter nonsense and whatever draft Nick says, I know better than you, is a boob. Well, yeah, and that's just it. And that's what makes the whole thing, the whole build up to it, so unpalatable. It used to kind of be fun as a fan, right? You know, we're Steeler fans. Who are the Steelers going to take? Who's still going to be there? You can't even have that debate with anybody anymore because everybody's a draft expert. And, and the shame yeah. of it is, this is kind of an interesting draft. It, it, it honestly is. In, in as much as. You know, you have some a lot of quarterbacks, and a lot of quarterbacks that going into the college season, look, again, I am no expert on this, but guys that weren't being talked about in the top, you know, 5, 10 of the draft, and now now we have this log jam of five guys, and it seems, you know, pretty clear, well, it's 100% clear that Trevor Lawrence is going to go one. It's pretty clear Zach Wilson's going to go two. And then, you know, Kyle Shanahan's out there. He's loving every minute of this. You know, oh, God only knows what I'm going to do at three. One week he loves Justin Fields. You know, the next week he's in love with Mac Jones. Today he says there's five quarterbacks he'd love to have in that right. three spot. He's building up the the excitement there. So that's interesting. Chances are one of these guys – well, I don't know. I guess that's a question. Any chance one of these guys does fall? You know, we've seen you know Aaron Rodgers in the past, Lamar Jackson just a couple of years ago. I don't know if I see – teams are so quarterback hungry well, they're right talking now. About, they're already talking about um, the Atlanta Falcons, you know, being a real wild card at number four. Are they going to trade down? Probably not. Are they going to take Mac Jones? Are they going to take, you know, a quarterback? Or are they going to take Kyle Pitts and, and so forth? So, I mean, there's there's a numerous amount of people already involved just in the top four picks right there. And we don't even know if any of these any um, trading up or down has even taken place. And we won't know that until the picks right. are, you know. So, I mean, to sit here and speculate, well... I believe that the Atlanta Falcons will go Kyle Pitts and so forth, and the Giants should take whoever, blah, blah, blah. You don't even know what pick they're going to be. Right. I mean, Atlanta may trade back to 20 for all we know. Atlanta isn't. Atlanta may be – I don't care, quite honestly, about these quarterbacks and how it shuffles out and where they fall out. Because history tells us out of these big – what is it? One, two, three. These big five – maybe one of them is great. Maybe two of them pan out. Maybe three of them are still in the league when we're talking about this next year. I mean, we just, I've seen this story so many times. Well, they want every year to be the 1983 draft. And and it it just just doesn't, just doesn't happen. I mean, go back. You want to have some fun, get on the wiki, go back historically and look at the top, you know, 10 of drafts and look at the quarterbacks and just how long. I mean, I think it's been since 1990, was it one, two, somewhere in the early 90s where, you know, three in a row went one, two, three. And I mean, it it was a debacle, the the amount of guys. And it happened one other time before that in the 60s or 70s. These guys, one of the three made it. One was one of the bus was the Cincinnati. I, I know well, I, I can see any him. quarterback not named Boomer Esiason who's gone to or Cincinnati. Kenny Anderson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cincinnati. But I'll tell you what, you know, get on if if you want to have a little fun with this before the draft starts, if you like to mess around with this. I actually found it on online there. You know, it's the pro football focus, it's mock draft for the, the draft. You can draft for any team. Or all of them, if you want to. You can do the entire draft, 259 picks, whatever it is. 
you can actually, tr- you know, make try to make trades up and down and so forth. It's kind of interesting. And I did, I did a few of them today. Of course, I was just doing the Steelers, but it just, yeah, I was trading up. I traded up to four, and I actually Ooh. took Pitts and one, you know, and this, that, and the other. Every single draft, the grade I got was B plus. Now, whether or not this is just something that they give and make trying to make you feel make you good feel about good. yourself, yeah. but don't you're not wanna, great, but you're not yeah, too bad. Yeah, you're you just know. you're just a whole bunch of okay, which is what I've always felt about you as well. Well, that's true. I am okay, but I a okay, but I do think plus okay. The biggest disappointment will be if Atlanta just drafts Kyle Pitts. Now, I think Atlanta should just draft Kyle Pitts, but. The whole draft is kind of set up based on what Atlanta does, you know. So, so talking about pits, talk well, about according to the draft Knicks. Well, yes. right, but talk about kind of the perfect scenario, you know. Matt Ryan, look, I guess they could draft a quarterback, but you can't even trade Matt Ryan. I mean, the the cap hit on Matt Ryan, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. The cap hit, no matter what they do with him, is completely untenable. So, and it's not Matt Ryan's fault that no. Atlanta's. I mean, he's productive quarterback. Um, as far as that goes, is he the Matt Ryan of five, six years ago? Probably not. Yeah. But he's still younger than Roethlisberger. He's, you know, he's well, he's got a ton he's, of he's time what, left. Rogers' age, yeah. something like that. And yeah, I mean, he's got a he's got a ton of mileage left in him. Put a line around him and give him some more weapons. I, I, and that's the point. If Pitts is what everyone thinks he is, I mean, this transformative player at, at the tight end position, which I've heard this hype about different guys in the past, but the hype seems to be real with Pitts. I have no basis to argue with, with the general consensus on him. You put him in an offense – with Julio Jones, with Calvin Ridley, with what that team can do offensively, you put Pitts in there, it's like getting Tony Gonzalez back, maybe better, and all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, it was already a pretty scary offense. If they can provide any protection for Matt Ryan and play any defense, this team, and we know how that division likes to flip-flop bottom to top, top to bottom, this is a team you're talking about could make a run. It would also make a ton of sense. There are so many quarterback-hungry teams out there. The haul they could get for that number four pick could set you up for the rest of Matt Ryan's career and maybe beyond. You could get yourself in a Dolphins situation where you make this move. I, I think that's the most intriguing thing. And now, I don't believe a word of it. But you, you're starting to see rumblings that, well, I like the headline. The Atlanta Falcons would be willing to entertain trade offers for Julio Jones. You know, <laughs> no shit. I would be willing to entertain trade offers for my wife and my daughter. It depends on what you're offering me. I'm probably not going to take it, but I'll certainly entertain the offer. I, I got a hard time believing Julio Jones gets moved. And this is always the most disappointing part about the draft. And I think this always leaves a bad taste. You start hearing all this stuff, right? This week leading up to the draft, this big time player's unhappy. He's going to move. They're going to try to move this big time guy for this. And no, but no players ever actually move. None of consequence. It's like right. what we got this morning with Eric Flowers move. <laughs> you know, who yeah. cares? Other than the, the, the Brown move that Kansas city made yeah. you know, to bolster their offensive line. They, they paid a hefty price for him. But I think it was well worth it. That's the only reason they lost the Super Bowl. And when you only have one need and it's offensive line, you've got Patrick Mahomes right now. You've got 
that offense right now. Yeah. You make moves for right now. I'm happy to finally see an NFL team say, obviously, we won a Super Bowl. We were just in a Super Bowl. We're built to win now. Yeah. We're going to continue to win now. Instead exactly. of everybody crying, oh, what about in three years? I'll worry about three years in three years. Yes. Let, let, let's win. Two years. Let's, let's win the shit now. 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 Yeah. 1999, Tim Couch, number Couch, one. Couch, that's right. It was Donovan that McNabb, number two. So he panned out. And Achilles Smith, number yeah, three. Achilles Smith, the yeah. Bengals, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, just, uh, and this is, it's probably going to be like that with this group. I mean, it's just the reality. All the draft Knicks are losing their minds. Every one of these guys are Aaron Rodgers on steroids right now. I understand this, but it's what's going to happen. And nobody knows who it's going to be, no matter how much you puff your little chest out on the tweeters. In the last, in the time before that, the only other time, Jim Plunkett, number one. This is 1971. I'd say he worked out, not super Won a Super star- Bowl, didn't he? He won two Super okay. Bowls, I think. Then it but, worked out. Yeah. Archie Manning, poor guy, was stuck with the Saints his whole life. Right. Um, and Dan Pastorini. So, Dan Pastorini. Oilers. Why don't I know about Dan Pastorini? Herm Edwards picked the fumble up. Ran That's where I've heard. Okay, so I think or yeah. no, that was Joe Pasarchik that did that. I'm oh. sorry, not Pastorini. Now Pastorini was at Oilers, and then quite a few years, and then finally, um, I don't know if they traded him or retired, or whatever. But then Stabler, at the end of his career, was an Oiler and took over for him. Okay, and then then we got into Warren Moon, I assume. Yes. Oh, well. all right. I, I feel dumb. I don't know. I don't know of Mr. Pastorini. But it's kind of interesting that um, Kenny Anderson was picked ooh, third round, two rounds later than Dan Pastorini. Oops. How'd that work for well. you? Joe Theismann was three rounds later. Oops. Yeah. Um, I guess that's about it as far as any kind of quarterbacks that made any difference in 71 but yeah Dan Pastorini I'd say that was a miss even though he wasn't a hideous quarterback he certainly wasn't uh Kenny Anderson or uh who'd I say it was Joe Theismann yeah looks like Finkelstein's got some brilliance he's been trying to get out over there so not sure I'll be back in a half an hour when he gets to start the sentence oh no I'm I'm going right after your Julio thing oh Julio's going to get moved. It's the only thing that makes sense for their cap. If they trade him after June 1st, it's $7 million uh, dead cap. That's it. He stays on the roster. It's over 25 or $27 million. So why not draft Pitts at four? He's a tenth of a second slower, 20 pounds heavier, taller, move Pitts to wide receiver, move Julio to wherever and just stack up on draft picks for next year because no matter what you do, Atlanta's not going to be able to be a contender this year. Why? If you have a healthy Julio Jones and you bring Pitts in with Calvin Ridley, why can't you contend this year? So I Matt, got him. Matt Ryan's going to throw for seven, 8,000 yards, and th- that's it. That sounds good to me. They're not going to ru- be able to run the ball. That line's awful for running. There's a lot of offensive line depth in this draft. You got second, third, and fourth round picks. You can pick up tackles and guards. There's a plethora of them. I'm I'm all in. Plethora of pinatas. 
No, I'm we all had a in. Plethora of Finkelsteins. We did. Get rid of Julio. Let let him go to greener pastures. Move Pitts to wide receiver. I mean that makes sense. As well. I wouldn't move him to wide receiver. No, <clears throat> because you would certainly if you move Julio. Number one, you can get assets to to make up for him or at least fill that position and you can draft and so forth. And then you would still have arguably going to be a top three to five tight end at that position with Pitts. I mean, we saw how powerful Atlanta was when Gonzalez was there. Matt Ryan used to throw into a tight end. They just don't have one. Well, and I think theoretically it makes sense. There isn't much precedence for a ton of draft capital coming back from, even as great as he is, an aged Julio Jones. What are you realistically going to get for him? A third and a fifth? I'd take it. You'd Maybe. take a third and a fifth for Julio Jones? I might, yeah. See, this goes back to mine. This is why I'd be terrible in dynasty fantasy football. I, I, I want to win now. And my best chance to win is with Julio Jones and bring a guy like Kyle Pitts in with him. And in, maybe I can just outscore people. In Dynasty, people. You're, you're right. I, you know, getting away from the fantasy thing. But if you're trading a Julio Jones, you may be able to pick up a pick and maybe some extra, uh, an asset, a player. Beef up that offensive line. You can draft a wide receiver. Is he going to be Julio Jones right off? No, but... You've got Calvin Ridley. Now you've got Kyle Pitts and a better offensive line. Uh, you know, maybe. Well, no, definitely. What I do know, I have is one of the four best God, wide receivers in the league would right now. Prove that line after last year. For well, Kyle. you'd say that about twelve teams, though. True. I mean, how Pittsburgh. much? You know, if we're that worried about the line, keep Julio Jones. Forget about Pitts and bring in that uh, Penny, Penny. Penny is is it? I, I'm, under, I'm well, sure. Yeah. So I, I'm under, I'm sure I'm not saying it right. Do that. Yeah. Panay. That guy. That, that guy. guy. P.S. That big guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah old, he's a biggin. Old P.S. Road grader. Yeah. Old P.S. The biggin. Yeah. I like road that. grader. Yeah. There we go. That's our new nickname. Actually, I Who might write that, that down. Yeah. Uh, me, of course. How come I never get him? I thought I was pretty good. You're not. You yeah. would get one. <laughs> you no. both get one. I don't, I don't want it no. now. You would get one if you tell the box I don't, story. I don't even want it now. Let's tell the box story. It was a big box. It had some bad things in it. It had some uh, good things in it. Took the bad stuff out, kept the good stuff in, shut it, put it away. What, what, Happy now? What were the bad things? Now. No, no. Now I have more questions than you, answers. You guys yeah. always talk about the Jets not being able to produce a quarterback. But what was the last Alabama quarterback that went pro that was – I thought we was always talking about the Bears and no quarterback. Well, you just also yeah, say the Jets. Jets, too. Oh, he's getting at something. He wants us to say Joe <laughs> Namath. And? Joe Namath was the best quarterback that ever laced on a Jets uniform, period. I was going for the other Alabama quarterback, but that's fair. Kenny Stabler. Oh, I forgot Stabler went to Alabama. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jets. I'm sorry. I, no. Okay. Yeah, I, he did draft college. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Kenny Staler, obviously, sure. Um, but, you know, Joe Namath, what, graduated in 66 and Stabler in what? I don't know, 70? Somewhere around there. Something like that. 
So, yeah, it's been a dry spell. What's Poor your Alabama. point? He didn't it, have one. No, it It just dawned on the, him that Kenny Stabler went to Alabama, and he thought the, that was interesting. Bob popped up in his Google. The, <laughs> the draft is happening on Thursday, and there's an Alabama quarterback that people are fawning over. That's True. all I was getting at. Okay. Thank you. Wonderful. Great. He's yeah, not going to pan out. What I'm getting at. That, that was great. Who's not going to pan out? Mac Jones. He might <laughs> pan out. He's going to the best situation. That's assuming, of course, he goes to San Francisco. Do you think he will? See, th- this is all Twitter draft talk. Do you think they're they're going to take him and not unload Garoppolo? That's a narrative. It's probably true, but that I'm tired of it. Right. I mean, if I'm an NFL, saying they're going to trade, you know, trade him away, blah, 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 this, that, and the other to get Mac Jones or whatever the case may be. And, you know, then other guys will say, well, you know, you can get Jones where they're at and all this other nonsense. And this is where my point is this is where the league has lost its way, in, in my opinion. And again, now this is me putting my judgment, my worthless judgment in place of people highly paid to do these jobs. Number one, I get it's going to be awkward and untenable. They're taking a quarterback. So let's just say it's Mac Jones just for the sake of argument. Or maybe we say... And they are three, correct? Yes. Yeah, they traded up. The Yeah, who they trade? That was the... I'm trying to remember the deal Dolphins? Now. Yeah, that was the Dolphins trade. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay, gotcha. So, or maybe let's even say it's Justin Fields so Max Kellerman doesn't come after us mm-hmm. and call us that word he likes to call everybody who disagrees with him. So, you bring in a guy like that, you've got a guy in Garoppolo you paid all this money to that you've clearly lost some faith in. So, ah, we got to trade him. We've got to get him out of here because that's going to be awkward in the quarterback room and that's going to be a tough situation and he's going to be unhappy. I don't give an S how unhappy he is. He is being paid millions of dollars. You will mentor this kid. I may choose, and this is where I think the league has lost his way, I may choose to let you bumble around another half a season or another season while I get this kid ready, and then when I'm done with you, I will put him in the game, you will sit there, and then at the end of the season, then I'll cut your ass. And that's how the world works. This this narrative where if you draft a quarterback in the first round, he has to start day one, or you you've turned him off. And but, the guy you're bringing, the guy who's starting for you now, has to be out of town. It, what, what is this fourth but, grade again? But you are actually making a lot of sense, obviously. But well, you're that's also contradicting what you've said before in the past. I don't that, think that's true. No, it is. It's true that. because I uh, am nothing if not consistent and handsome. And interrupting for no apparent reason, which is why I don't tell stories well, if or you, complete them, because you're an ignorant boo that interrupts all the time. If you tell the box story, I'd never interrupt again. You're a liar. I, well, I would you try to never a, interrupt. You're a you horrible. You can put him in charge of muting my microphone. You are if I'm a horrible, gruesome person. And, <laughs> it would never stick. Hey, that's but a lot getting of back to that, getting back to that. No, actually, because what you said in previous shows, and and you're right again, but they make so much money that they have the leverage. And and it's almost, you go back, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, he never was really asked to, but he's no mentor. 
Brett Favre never mentored Aaron Rodgers. If Garoppolo doesn't want to, he's not going to mentor anybody. Well, that's fine. And he's going to stand there and make millions of dollars. And that's why you need to unload these people to save your team's cap space so you actually can obtain more assets you know, for the team that you have instead of just having this dead money walk around. It's not right. You're you're absolutely correct in that. But, you know, unfortunately, that is the way the world works. If you have a disgruntled egghead that says, hey, I came here to start, buddy. I'm not here to back up nobody. And he's not Terry Hanratty going to sit there and smoke cigarettes and carry a clipboard and be happy as a clam. Well, maybe he should start smoking then. Maybe that. Well, would there's calm no him doubt. Down. I mean, I but, think they all should. But I think, whoa, easy now. We just knocked Mariah down again. She's having a hard time here. Well, she's looking at Fred. She's so, got a little knock. Well, yeah, you get a little steamed up yeah. when Fred Sanford walks <coughs> in the Ooh, room. My throat's dry. <laughs> when we go to commercial, I'll help you uh, out with that. <laughs> well, we better take well, a break. Just hold on, no, because. Here's the thing. I think this San Francisco situation is kind of unique, though. We keep forgetting, as bad as they were last year, 24, what are we now, 30 months ago, that team was in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Under the leadership of Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. I get he's not necessarily necessarily a Kyle Shanahan fit. But if I believe, you look at what that team went through last year with the injuries, with the opt-outs, it's one point they got thrown out of the city of San Francisco, if you recall. It, it's a wonder they won any football games at all. You're right. So if you believe you're getting everybody else back healthy, you're closer to what you were in 2019 than you were in 2020, you have this rare opportunity with a good football team to make a trade where you don't give up a ridiculous amount like what Washington gave up for RG3 all, to move up for RG3 yeah. all those years ago for a more reasonable price to get this guy, whatever guy you think is going to be the future. If I'm one piece away, even if I think I draft Shields or I draft or Fields or I draft Jones and I bring them in to start and it's not working out, I got Jimmy Garoppolo who took this team to the Super Bowl two years ago. Look, you can be pissed off, but be pissed off while you're standing on the sideline holding my clipboard and collecting your paycheck and be ready to come in because this is one thing people don't factor in. When you get disgruntled at work, because we, when any right. of us get disgruntled as work, cares. because <laughs> nobody cares about us, and we don't make any money, and if we leave, it doesn't hurt anybody, and it doesn't affect us going forward. If Jimmy Garoppolo stays, and if he gets the opportunity to play, he is going to go out and give a max, maximum effort. He is going to work hard in practice. He's going to continue because he is auditioning for the next job. Even if he wants out, you are going to get the best of Jimmy Garoppolo on the field. Whether or not he does the mentorship, I don't care because you're right. Look what Aaron Rodgers became, even with Brett Favre almost actively working against him. You're right. Ben Roethlisberger's never had any interest in mentoring anybody. So be it. These guys are there. He's going to put in the work, and if he gets on the field, if either Mac Jones or Justin Fields doesn't work out or they get hurt and he comes in there, you know he could take that team to a Super Bowl. He isn't going to tank and devalue himself for the next job that's, that's probably point. coming in 12 and months. And truth be told, I'm not sure a rookie coming in is going to be better than him no, starting it, off anyway. Not to first. Quite frankly. Not the first eight game. I, I tell you what, after everything has happened, you know, you talk about San Francisco, you know, and we've talked about some of the other teams in the past. 
not only is it tough to pick a winner, it's tough to pick who's going to be last place in the NFC West. Right. That division's tough. Yeah, it seems obvious that it's going to be San Francisco. I think we just forget everything they're up against and oh, how yeah. much talent they have. And I, I'm i kind of a Kyle Shanahan mark. I really do. The, the way he runs his offense, I, I'm, I'm kind of a mark for that. So I admit I have a bit of a bias there. All right, do we need to take a commercial so you can get a beer? You're starting to look a little, a little squirrely there. I'm getting pale. I'm parched. <laughs> it's called withdrawal symptoms. So, uh, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break. Well, we have Judge Wapner coming back. Oh, we got Good. Judge Wapner. Plus, oh, I nice. have a rant. So don't go away. And we're gonna find out what was in the box. I already told all you. that and more right after this. Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect, no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED15 and take 15% off your order. Deadsledcoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. All right, welcome back into Chaos and Disorder. The moment we've all been waiting for is Rick Briggs finally reveals what was in the box. No. You're gonna have to. You, re- you remember this this segment? I do. It's been a long time since we've done it. You know how the NFL is always getting bashed for the players' off-field antics. Yeah. Well, we have more. Oh, more NFL players? Yes. Yeah, well, right. Actually, a former NFL player. Is it the police blotter? Yes. Oh, that, that was a Finkelstein level How can made there. talk over that? But when I play music at 25%. That's a fair question. Answer it. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I don't care about it coming. Pete Hall, who played for the New York Giants, was arrested Saturday and accused of trying to sell five kilos or 11 pounds of cocaine from his apartment. That sounds like a lot of cocaine. While on house arrest. <laughs> Hall, also known as Clyde Hall, played in 12 games for the Giants during his career. The team selected Hall in the draft. I'm not going to tell you what year yet. He had two catches for 22 yards in his career. Nice. The 82-year-old was allegedly busted (laughs) in his New York City apartment after getting caught up in a DEA operation. Pete Hall played one season for the Giants in 1961. <laughs> uh, in 2010... I don't uh, think you can hang this one on the NFL. <laughs> in 2010, Hall was sentenced to 20 years in prison after he was convicted of various financial fraud crimes. He is serving his sentence at home during the coronavirus ah, pandemic. Yeah, that's right. So he just decided, hey, I got to stay at home. I might as well just make a few bucks make, while I'm make at some it. Make cash for the yeah. way out. Hell uh, yeah. yeah. 11 pounds of Coke. No problem. That, 
Pete Hall. Yeah, I, I don't think we can blame Pete Hall on the culture of the NFL. The, <laughs> the, the soft on crime NFL. <laughs> they, they, they need to step it up a little bit. All right, so the box. Anyway. Was there any Kyle Porter slurpage this weekend? You know, I looked, and I couldn't find any Kyle What's Porter. What's up with Kyle? I know he's just doing some normal stuff, kind of like um, – you know, the Stewart sink win, you know, just, you know, he had some quotes from some of the young guys talking about the 47-year-old kicking their butts and so forth. And just a couple other things, you know, that, that article we had last his... year about that the tour incentive program, whatever it was called, you know, just to play and, you know, pay to show right. up. But other than that, there's no real slurpage. However, uh, May is coming up, which means what? The PGA. Yeah, the PGA is so in May. There's got to be some slurp. Well, that's what I'm coming. I, I thought I was really waiting for it with the sink victory, with his son being on the bag. I, I thought for sure we were going to get some kind of lovely soliloquy on that, but we got you, nothing. You would think, but I mean, it was a nice article, you know. Actually, he's won twice this year, so it's not like um, this just came out of the blue. Him and, you know, he's tied for the lead for most wins on the tour this year, so, and he's 47. Tells you all you need to know about the tour this year. You got that right. But, um, we'll be keeping an eye open for our favorite golf journalist. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we, we need more from him. Exactly. Did you see the NHL is finally leaving NBC in that menagerie of disaster networks and is headed to Turner and ESPN back Yay! on as much as I hate ESPN. But if they start shoving the NHL down our throats like the NBA, maybe we'll see some games. That's what I'm hoping for. That's that's what I'm excited about. It is nearly impossible, save for noon on a Sunday, to catch a national NHL game. And un- unfortunately, for as a viewer, fortunately as a Penguin fan, it means they're good enough. Every Sunday it's the Penguins. It's a game yeah. I'd have watched anyhow. Right, exactly. So, boy, that's good news. I did not hear that. Yeah. When did that Take I, place. I, did they just finalize it in the last couple of days? Wow. They they just think that they've been talking about it for a while, but I think it, and I don't know what Turner's involvement is, but if we get some games on TBS, because I'll, I'll tell you this, if nothing else, this gets the games on a couple of channels I frequent, you know what I right. mean? And for whatever reason, because unless it's hockey, and I'm specifically looking for it, and curling at the right time of year, True. there is nothing for which I go to NBC Sports Network. It's all day with those dumb car auctions. Did you ever see that and, and understand that? Who's watching that? I don't know. I mean, I mean they, obviously somebody, or you would think... Yeah. The eggheads that count all the little beans that come through would say, hey, we're not getting a lot of beans for this kind of right. stuff, but apparently they are. And it's, I've stuck on it a couple of times, and it is it can be entertaining for about five minutes. The whole car thing's lost on me. I don't, you know, I'm, I wish I was. There's guys seem to have a lot of fun. You got all the car shows all around town. And, you know, this is a 1962, this, that with the four barrel something yeah, or nice other. To look and, at, yeah, they look granted, but I can say that looks cool. And then I'm kind of done with it. So, right. so that doesn't interest me. But it's cool to see the cars, but then they always have the narrative. I don't know if they're just making it up or how much background, work goes into this so they'll they'll know the the announcers will know what a guy needs to 
make on the car to get his money back or something. Well, and I'm then, sure that they supply that information. And then so sure. they'll treat it like a sport. You know, he needs $75,000 and he's stuck at 50 and it's, oh my God, the humanity. <laughs> so that could be fun for a few minutes. But it is like nonstop with that all day and night with the dumb auto auction. So it's point being, it's not a channel I frequent, you know, TBS, everybody's on TBS. Right. You can catch your King of Queens reruns, all the good, you know, the family entertainment I like to enjoy, as well as and then the four-letter network. You, you always check that for a game. And it's interesting that, you know, you, you look at TBS, and, I mean, you have to go back quite a few years, but, I mean, it was like, I don't know when he sold it, but, you know, the the – WCW or the Georgia Championship Wrestling was the number one cable show right. on cable television back then, you know, counting the networks and everything else. And Ted Turner owned all that stuff, and yet he dumps it off. And TBS really, since then, has just been like you said. It's a show for reruns yeah, and I like things it. like that. I mean, yeah, you like that, but it's not like um, – I mean, it's not like having the number one cable no. show on, on TV. You know what? Speaking of which, here, here's what you need to do. Do, do. do you or your one of your children's have the Peacock Network? It's called Children. Chirins. Little Chirins. Offspring. All Chit- right. Chitlins. Yeah, Chitlins. D- does anybody in your bubble have the Peacock Network? Well, that's NBC, right? Yeah. But not NBC, the the streaming app. I know I'm getting way no, technical I don't think for so. you here. No, it's just on. Even for one month, pay for it. I think you'll get like a five-day free trial or something. So maybe you can knock it out and then. But I went and I signed up for that. I got rid of one of them. I had a couple. I got rid of one of them and signed up for that. I got wrapped up in the WrestleMania hype. Mm-hmm. When, whenever that was a couple weeks ago. Well, now they got rid of the WWE Network. They still do the pay-per-view, but if you have this Peacock network, which is 6 or 11 bucks a month or something, something absurdly cheap, you get the WWE pay-per-views as part of it. They, they have the whole WWE network catalog on there, and then the pay-per-views, it wasn't an upcharge, it was part of that right. network. So I got in and I watched two matches and decided, oh yeah, this is why I don't watch wrestling anymore. Yeah, but because wrestling sucks. Yeah, but lazy as I am, I didn't cancel it. Well, they have that whole catalog, and they had from the WWE Network. It's probably ten years old, maybe a little less now. Where they did a full documentary series, about fourteen or fifteen episodes of the the Attitude Area, the WWF versus WCW. It's so good, just fantastic. Oh yeah, and talking about the war, the network wars, and, and the things going on. It was really, really well done. And they went back to the the derivation of the WCW in the Southern Territories, and I found it interesting because you're always talking about that stuff, and I it was before my time, right, yeah. and and even then when the early days of WCW when it was airing on TBS, we didn't do, I come from the back haulers here. I didn't have cable till my senior year of high school. The right. attitude area era had begun. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I mean, that see just goes all back, that. Like, like, like you said, some of that stuff that you watch, um, that was before your time. Like you've seen obviously on the WWE, Jerry, the King Lawler. Right. Well, why is he called the King? Well, back in the old Memphis territory, that man basically owned Memphis, Tennessee. I, mean, I, I remember him he, on television. He, he would come into the arena on a freaking horse. 
you know, the crown and all this, you know, the king. Right. And, I mean, and that's when the champion used to go around and make these guys stars. And that's why Harley Race was so good, because he would go to Florida, wrestle Dusty Rhodes, and he would go to Memphis and wrestle, wrestle uh, you know, Jerry Lawler, and maybe, you know, Nick Bockwinkle up in the AWA and so forth like that. And these guys were just, you know, people would go there, you know, just and they were and their stars would always lose by some malfeasance well, by yeah, Harley yeah. Race or Ric Flair or whoever the guy was, you know. Yeah. But they would just stay so popular. They never had to leave those territories. I mean it was it was fantastic. Jerry is still the king of Memphis. Went down two years ago and he's everywhere down there. Like still right. s- still. I know, yeah. When I lived in Florida, now this is the early eighties, Dusty Rhodes was on television doing commercials for everything and i mean it was just like what seeing freaking paul newman do his, his salad dressing <laughs> commercials and i mean he was just everywhere it, was, it was amazing amazing to watch that as they went back to the history especially in the south just how mainstream wrestling was and yeah. how seriously it was taken so if you're not going to pay for that, something else I will highly recommend I've gotten into, you have the A, A&E Network. Oh, yeah. The Dark Side of the Ring? Well, they've had those. Those yeah, are those all are, right. Those are pretty good. The storytelling's yeah. good. The The visuals were always so right. cheesy for me. But they started last week with Stone Cold, or two weeks ago. Last Sunday, they did Rowdy Roddy Piper. And they're doing every Sunday night two two hour full length documentaries on certain wrestlers. Nice. This coming up is the Macho Man. The the Stone Cold one was pretty good, but I feel like I'd known most of that. They actually covered most of that uh-huh. in the the one I was telling you about. I hadn't seen anything. That Piper documentary was riveting television. Piper was He was old yeah. by the time I got into wrestling or older by right. the time I was really you talk about just in what I saw, and at least in the way they presented it, the ultimate perfect heel. I mean, just yeah. absolute perfection. And they were showing things back to the beginning of his career, and he was doing the same thing. He was kind of a mercenary. He was the bad guy coming right. in. He was the heel coming into every territory to take on the hero in that one. And he would cut promos to where, again, people took it so seriously – he would know, the person interviewing him would know, he was about to say something, you'd better get the hell out of the ring. Because chairs are coming, yeah. people are coming. <laughs> I mean, you go back and watch, I'm sure it's on all week if oh. you look around. Go back and watch that. You, especially that one, will, you'll you Yeah, will I would love, love to watch that because I can remember Piper from, oh, I can't remember exactly, probably about 1980, 81, something like that. It was probably about the first time, well, no, it was, Probably right around, it must have been about 79 or 80 because I can remember when him and Ric Flair were having a feud over the Mid-Atlantic belt, let alone the world belt. Yeah. You know, this is the Mid-Atlantic championship. And, yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. And and that that's why I like that so much because it was storytelling. It was ad-libbing. Oh. And, and – Gordon Soley. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw any. Mm. Look him up on YouTube. Watch a couple clips. But he would just be so, you know, dry, and everything was so serious. He's he's an excellent catches can wrestling, you know, and <laughs> and also well versed in the Greco Roman art of wrestling, you know, and just everything was so serious. And then 
somebody like the Road Warriors would come in and just take their heads off. And it's like, <laughs> they're immensely powerful men, you know. And Oh, it was just fantastic stuff. But with the one, the, the greatest, and they had video and audio, they had footage of this, was Piper was, he, he was from, originally from Canada, and he right. came to the United States, and he actually started out west. And he wound up, they had a pretty decent territory in Los Angeles. Well, Los Angeles had a lot of the, what, what do they call, like the, the Guerrero family was out there and that right. kind of Mexican faction of wrestling. What did they call them? Uh, the El Luch- Luchadors. 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 That's yes, it, yeah. yeah. So he'd come in and he'd been the heel and he made this announcement that, you know, he wanted to apologize. He'd been attacking the Guerrero family, which in that circle of wrestling was unheard of. Right. And yeah, but he was over big as a heel. He, he wanted to heal that relationship with the fans and with the luchadors. So he offered, he was going to come out to the ring and he was going to play the Mexican national anthem on the bagpipes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So he comes out and he issues this heartfelt apology. It went on forever. And he says, everybody please rise for the Mexican National Anthem. And on the bagpipes, he starts playing La Cucaracha. (laughs) I mean to tell you, you got to see this video. There was not a chair left in the seating area of the arena because yeah. every one of them found their way to the <laughs> ring. And he had told whoever was running that territory at the time, he said, there's a chance I'm going to die, but <laughs> I'm doing this anyhow. <laughs> and, I mean, they lost their mind. You've got you got to oh, go back yeah, and find it's... it. you got to watch it. Was he ever a baby face? Later on, As he yes. got older, yeah. See, I, I even remember him growing up. Flieger, do you remember the cartoon? It was like, Hulk, I forget the name of it. It was Hulk Hogan and like Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, yeah. And then it was Rowdy, and, and he was always the bad guy in it. And that's, watching wrestling growing up, I only ever remember him as the quote-unquote bad guy. Like, I do not remember him ever being the I don't think he was guy. ever a true face, but he as turned, we got in. He turned face down in Georgia when Don Morocco he was actually talking, you know, he was the color guy with Gordon Soley. Okay. They, they talked about that, and yeah. Don Morocco, That's how they brought him into the territory right. as the color analyst, yeah. And Don Morocco attacked Gordon Soley. They showed that, And yeah. he tried to stop him, you know, from hurting little Gordon. You know, you didn't do that. Well, then Morocco hit him. Well, then, of course, he wraps a microphone cord around him, and they had yeah. this big brawl. And then Morocco and him had a feud, and, of course, he was a babyface, for a while. Because is that the one that ended with right before he went to WWF and where they had the dog collar match? Was that him? Because they showed that. It was this big bloody match where they had a chain. It was a heavy chain. Yeah. At least it looked, and a dog collar on each end, and they strapped themselves right. to each other. And yeah. I mean, just beat the hell. And that's what, apparently what got Vince McMahon's attention. And then he ended up in the WWF after that. Yeah, that was just good stuff. It's just too bad that, that McMahon has ruined it well, like he yeah. has, quite frankly. Yeah, but, but you go find at least I that will. That, that, that sounds Sunday very nights good. at 8, I think. Macho Man's next. So gotcha. that, that should be good. Now, do I have time for a rant or why we don't have to take, take a commercial a, why break? Why don't we take a break right. and you can come back and tell us what was in the box. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. 
With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you're sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com. Or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania. And tell them Flager and Briggs sent you. You know what you don't know about the Chop Shop? You don't know this. Outside of all the specialty sandwiches, all the cool things they do, they've got the best burger Anywhere around. Absolutely. I don't know how, why, what the difference is if they're using, you know, meat blessed by the Pope or something. (laughs) This is the best burger. And there's a list about 19 pages long of stuff, basically anything in the world save for squid that you can put on this burger. It it is unfathomable what what they can do with a burger. I'm going to talk to Billy and have him do a squid burger for you. I don't wonder if I like squid. I don't think Cause so. Because generally the theme has been I'm trying to avoid eating squid. Yeah, I, you do want to avoid eating squid. I, I really, you know, take it from me. I'm not going to steer you astray on this one. You know what I recently discovered? You guys have probably been eating it for 20 years, but I just discovered it, is the burger with an egg on top of it. Oh, yeah, I love that. I, I can't imagine why it works. It, in like Even an over-easy egg, if you just cook it for me yeah. and ask me to eat it for breakfast, I find it disgusting. But you put it in a burger and you bite into the burger and the goo goes everywhere. I freaking I, love it. I love eggs. Finkelstein's dry heat. I oh, love God, eggs that's... from hard-boiled oh. to raw. I mean, eggs, I love them. I love scrambled eggs. After that, they're all disgusting. Yeah, if I'm making an egg to eat, it's got to be scrambled. But if you put it on the burger, it, it's tremendous. No, it's it's just tremendous, period. Nah, yeah, eggs are wonderful. What do we got? Preparing automatic repair. Not bad. I'm glad we didn't wait for that to get the show off the <laughs> Only ground. Only 59 minutes and 40 seconds later. We need, we need to get you some type of backup. I want to know what you did to break it. Is it all those dirty movies? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that uh, that that uh, hub or tube was just. Yeah, I do love my hubs and tubes. So there's no doubt about but it. But I have a rant. Oh, so I need you to bear with me. All right, so I'm gonna step cut. back and be quiet, so you don't cut it off in the middle and have a big two week hissy fit I like you're having about fit. the it box. Just, it's just when the pie holes open, mine goes closed. Simple as that. <laughs> it's my new rule. Do you know what a pie hole is? Oh, okay. Wait, were you getting somewhere? An actual pie hole is on a jail cell door. It's what they flap down to put food through. It's, it's called, called a... slang. You know, but I, I like that. I kind of like you have an ugly mug, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm talking about the glass you pour your beer in. Okay, I actually do. Slang. I have an ugly mug. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know what I always Wait. wondered? Not not to get you. But now that we're talking about that in these sayings, before before you get going, why do we say the whole enchilada? Because you don't want half of one. Is it that simple? Even a three-quarters of one. And why do we choose enchilada? And not? Why not? 
a pizza. We could say a half dog. a whole squid. A whole squid, yeah. It's, it's the whole squid. The whole squid. The, now, for the giant squid, that's a lot of squid. That'd be a lot of squid. Yeah. And I don't want any squid. I've made no. that abundantly clear, so, William, keep that in mind. <laughs> Burger's good with eggs. Yeah. Squid, no bad. Squid. <laughs> yeah. No squid. squid eggs burger. or no eggs, squid is bad. The over burger sounds better than a squid burger. Yeah. You know what? Bison burger's good. Delicious. I don't think yeah. William has a bison burger. I mean, he might sometimes. He's I'm he'll pretty, do game specials every yeah. now and again, won't he? Yeah, he does. Um, Elk burgers. Oh, oh yeah, love tremendous. <laughs> wow. Yeah, let, let's get William on some some type of wild game burgers, sand squid for your boys. I feel like he had an alligator burger at one time. But Alligator's I'm not, not bad. I've had it. I've only ever eaten it. It was like fried like a chicken nugget, and it yeah. didn't taste all that much different than a chicken nugget. It frying anything though it right. just tastes like something fried. So I don't really know what alligator tastes like. That's the only way I've ever eaten it. It's kind of uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like froggy, chicken-like, briny. Well, no, not briny. It also depends on where it's from. Like the tail's the best part. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is there meat anywhere? And I think else? that's all I've ever had is a tail. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. well, like the legs the have muscles and, and everything yeah. like that. Sure, but yeah, but I've the tail's only... essentially solid meat, isn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. A I've had rattlesnake wing. too, which is it's not bad. I guess no, I can't say I've ever eaten snake or frog or I've eaten frog. I love frog legs. Oh man. I could eat frog. Do you have to like pick at those like a chicken wing, or do you just like eat the whole thing? No, you eat the bones. You know, away from the bones, because just kind of like a chicken wing. Yeah, I mean, you have like little leg bones sitting there. Yeah. How many do they have to give you to get full? A frog's leg isn't that big. Depends on the size of the frog. Yeah. Well, well, where were they getting these giant frogs? Wherever the giant squids are. I know. I used to eat them down south a lot, and they they were like that, which isn't too bad of a size. What's that taste like? I just got to think anything that lives in fishy a swamp chicken. isn't going to taste that good. To me, it just tastes kind of like fishy chicken, sort of. <laughs> fishy chicken. In a way, yeah. It was good. It was very good. I like frog legs. You might write that one down, too, just in case. I was trying to think of a white fish that Flieger would have had, like cod or bass. I'm eating a lot of bass. Okay. I'm eating so, a lot of cod. That's just well, the garbage fish. Okay, cod. so take cod All right. and mix it with chicken wings, frog legs. Hmm, that Fry might not be bad. Fry, you know, they're very good. They're no doubt about that. But anyway, oh, bear yeah. with. You're going to rant. Right. I'll be quiet. So you know, let me cut. Hissy. I'll cut your mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they believe that. It's all. It's you're. You're <laughs> shut off. Whoops, we heard him. Uh, if he was actually pushing <laughs> a button over there, the show would have just abruptly yeah, just ended, and everyone knows it. Sorry, go ahead. But anyway, Madison Bumgarner did not get credit for a no hitter last Sunday against the Braves. You did hear that, correct? Okay, you're allowed to say oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, oh, Hang yeah, on, turn I'll, his I'll mic t- on. I'll turn yeah. your mic back down. I had to wait for down. him to turn now, my mic on. You know, Major League Baseball made the rule that doubleheaders are seven innings long. The games are official. They count as part of the regular 162-game season. The win counted as Bumgarner even his record to two and two. His seven strikeouts count for his league total. His seven innings of scoreless ball counts toward his ERA. Paven Smith, Eduardo Escobar, and David Peralta all hit home runs, and they count. Bumgarner's performance earned him a shutout. Been all of Major League Baseball's sanctimonious 
pomp and circumstance proving that this sport is broken and tinkering around with more rules about double headers and extra innings that this last little tidbit of Bumgarner's no non how would I say that non no hitter I guess would be the way to say it it's trivial yet it's so infuriatingly predictable from a league that still has the pretentious air about them that they were 1937 and still are the king of sports. So what does the free man on second base in extra innings do to a pitcher now? Ruin a perfect game if, God forbid, a manager lets a pitcher go full nine innings and he has a perfect game yet still tied? Oops, you got a guy in second now. No perfect game for you. You know, it's boring, and the only reason you want to have seven-inning doubleheaders is because what should take two hours to play nine innings now is morphed into a three-and-a-half-hour marathon, and you don't want to spend seven hours at a ballpark for two games. Look, you know, Rick, I'm telling you, I've tried to claw back into baseball as a fan, right? Yes. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Ollie Honda. That, no that was problem. quick. I like that. But baseball is constantly keeps pushing me away with changing things that do not need to be changed. You know, either speed the damn game up, or make them all six or seven inning games and reduce the time it takes to play these stupid things. Reduce the season to 135 games, and then the torture's over in time. Tell me I'm wrong. Is this on? Hang on, hang on. hear me? Wait. Ah, there we go. Thank you. Oh, let me turn up your volume, too. Oh, very nice. So, I actually had this jotted down to bring up myself. Here, Here's my thought. The seven-inning thing is gimmicky. I don't necessarily like Stupid. it. Stupid. I get the, I get what they're doing. It, it, this is just furtherance in the nobody can pitch more than If you get innings. what they're doing, tell me what they're doing. I was gonna, I'm not meaning uh, to interrupt. It. Yeah, I, not to interrupt. And honestly, I don't get what they're doing. I don't either. Please. That's why I want you to explain. What the hell are they doing? This is the furtherance of the notion that now starts in Little League and has made it all the way to the Major Leagues, where if anybody throws more than four innings of baseball in a five-day period, they will die, apparently. This is the only thing that could be worse than than COVID and whatever a horrible disease is somebody throwing five innings in a week. And so what they're doing, and you see it all the time going back the last 10 years, when this is why they got away from doubleheaders, because it's too taxing on pitching staffs. They have to call people up, and they do all this. I know it's nonsense. Don't make that face at me. I'm, I'm just telling you what's happening. So I get, because they believe this, I get why they're doing it. I get why the players' union's doing it. This debate over whether it's still a no-hitter in a seven-inning game or a nine-inning game is stupid. The game was set for, right or wrong, the game was scheduled for seven innings. Madison Bumgarner threw those seven innings and gave up no hits, thus a no-hitter. This isn't the Nobel freaking-peace prize, all right? There doesn't have to be all these qualifications. All you're doing is writing in a book on this date, Madison Bumgarner threw a, a no-hitter. Here's what you could do. You could put in parentheses beside it, 
in a seven-inning ball game. It doesn't affect your league, the history of this league whatsoever. The, the, that part is just stupid. You know, as far as the rest of the problems with baseball, I mean, everybody agrees. Everybody but if you're going to put it in the record agrees. book, don't even mention it's a seven-inning game because they changed the freaking rules. Yeah, it's an official game. It's an official game. It counts as hundred one of the 162 games. Period. And, you know, it's it's bullshit that they give them a he gives them a shutout he, he gets a shutout well he yeah. gets credit for the for the seven strikeouts but you don't get a no hitter why because you won't let him pitch anymore yeah you told him he you had told to him he can't the game's over i mean it's one thing if it was postponed by rain or whatever and then they called it at Six and a half innings. Okay, well, the, it was postponed. Which, That's not a big deal. But when they turn around and, and make these official games seven innings long because these candy asses can't play nine innings twice in, in eight hours, for God's sakes, which is ludicrous. I mean, I don't care just how. Just keep cursing. He'll apparently give you a yay every time you say a dirty word. Well, I'm getting fired up because I'm getting sick of this crap where this is what happens when. Look, the sport's broken. They're tinkering around with something. And and like I said, they're so sanctimonious. They still think it's in the 30s where they are the king of the sports world in the United States of America. Nobody pays much attention to them only because it's summertime. There's nothing else to do. And and look, I mean, it's, it's ludicrous that they're coming up with these stupid rules. And extra innings is part of baseball. This, this nonsense where you get a guy on second base, what is this? This is like T-ball, for God's sakes, where everybody gets to hit and you run around the bases and we don't even need a, a winner or a loser. Poppycock. Ooh, even your forehead turned red. You're, this is like legit passion. I was I was concerned because you you had previewed, I'm irritated. You you had previewed this rant and you were kind of calm and measured in your presentation, and then you just snapped like a twig. So I I, I like that. Well, so, it, it takes you guys really to sometimes to trigger yeah, things, yeah. you know. I I'm not a hundred percent on this. But Shocker. I'm pretty sure that if a game like once it's an official game, what five and. Five and a half innings. Five and a half. It's over half. So you go five and a half innings. You still get credit for a no hitter, but for whatever reason, bomb bomb you know that dude. Baumgartner, yeah. Thank you. Um, get doesn't get credit. You don't get a yay for that one. (laughs) I was giving you one for that butchered pronunciation. Well, why would he get a yay? Yeah, that it was your bastardizing. It wasn't a real yay. Oh, now it works. (laughs) So I don't even know how to follow that up. I mean, I I can't work work up. He wasn't really sure about what he was trying to tell us. No, and then I tried to give him a sarcastic yay. You butchered that up. I butchered it because he couldn't say bum gardener. Well, he couldn't say bum gardener. Exactly. That, that, ba- that, that's a fact. Henry Henry Rowan Gardner. I don't know who that is. Rookie of the year. Come on. What? The movie Rookie of the Year breaks his arm, throws a hundred. Nobody cares about that again. Movies. How many times do I, do I have to say this? Until baseball can solve the problem of the four-hour game, the five-hour game, none of this matters. 
I think this speaks to a larger issue, though. Is the next generation the one after me? Yeah, maybe some in mine and the one after me, and then even worse, the one after that. Are we selling them too short, or are they that awful that the any tradition we have, even in sports, has to go away, where everything has to be wrapped up with the speed of a TikTok video. Because it isn't just Major League Baseball with the stupid stuff to, you know, shorten the doubleheader, to get out of extra innings quicker. You know, the NFL's talking about all this gimmicky nonsense with the 4th and 15 and tricking up the overtime rules. And college football, now you have to go for two in the second round. Everybody's yeah, doing it. The, front, you... the Frontier League, Rick, the minor league baseball, right. they announced today <laughs> their extra innings is going to be an effing single elimination home right. run derby. I uh, like that What one. are we That's doing ludicrous. Here? I know. It's ludicrous. It's, it's just yet another thing. League. Well, well, that's that's why it's fun. It's but. another thing that's wrong with baseball. Simple as that. And and the reason you mentioned all these sports, they're doing this stuff, is why? Because what used to take two hours now takes four. And people are getting tired of that. I mean, look, I, I'm from a generation before you. I'm, not, I'm used to a 1 o'clock game being over at 3, 3.30. You know, now it's, it's 4.30 before they're even over. Right. And then the next one starts. And then it's 8 o'clock before that one's over. I mean, these games shouldn't take that long. But every play is, because of technology, the, right. every every call in the baseball field, every call in the football field, it's reviewed. And then you watch the NBA. They're running around like madmen, you know, taking five steps and nobody blows a whistle. They don't review any of this stuff. Yeah. And, it's, I mean, it has gotten so far out of hand in either direction, I don't know what I don't know what the answer is. Quite frankly, Just I mean, did you see hockey. the love thing? Yeah, the Kevin Love thing in the NBA. Did you see that? <laughs> that he was, was awesome. He was I upset. missed that. Oh yeah, he he's all upset. <laughs> the ref walks. You know, they're getting the ball back. The ref take. Ta- uh, Tosses him the ball. He just bats it down. The other team walks over, takes it, passes it, knocks down a three. <laughs> it was awesome. Why did he just knock it down? He was mad. Oh. Yeah, the pros that they are making millions of dollars. I don't feel like doing this anymore. Did you see that picture for the Reds? I did like that. So they were out there. They were in a game in Cincinnati. This is just last week, and they were getting a bunch of freezing rain. And the pitcher decided they should. the game should be halted. But the umpire, the home plate umpire, wouldn't do it. So the home plate umpire hands the catcher a ball, throws it to the pitcher who looks at it, throws it in the dugout. Catcher puts his hand up, gets another one. Ump gives it to him. <laughs> Throws it out to the pitcher. Pitcher okay, looks at two. it. Throws it in the dugout. No, he's like throwing them away. Well, you know I'm what I saying mean? if I'm the ump, there's ball two. So then the ump says, well, this can't stand. So now the ump walks out in front of home plate, throws him a ball, throws it in the dugout. Ump takes a couple steps closer, throws him another <laughs> one. Kid throws it in the dugout. Because Finally, that was the issue. <laughs> the ump throws his arms up, turns around, walks behind the net. They both stand there, have kind of a stare down, and then the ump pulls him off the field. <laughs> so I kind of like the guts of doing that anyhow. I don't mind the guts, but see, the umpire throwing your arm. No, ball four. Okay, the guy takes his base. Next guy up. Bat- you keep doing that, you'll walk him in. The batter wasn't even in the screen. <laughs> you couldn't even see him. He hadn't even come up. Look, the only thing that's going to fix baseball is, 
is finding a way to get more balls in play. And as analytics becomes more and more on pitching, that's less and less likely to happen. We're here in one of the leagues, I don't know which one it is, is going to experiment with moving the mound back a foot. I think you need to do that. Whatever you have got to do to get the velocity off this ball, to get the spin rate off the ball, and get balls in play, that will speed up the game. People will get hits and score runs, which will be exciting, but they'll also do this. Check this out. They'll make outs without having each batter seen 11 pitches. It's the craziest idea. Why it's the can't only they way just hit it. the ball? Well, because they don't. It's not what they do. Well, why? That See, I mean, you're saying, well. Because yeah. strikeouts don't matter anymore. Contracts are based on home runs. So they're going to strike out or they're going to swing for the fence. You've got to find a way see? to put balls in play. And it goes back to what you were saying. You know, the players have all the leverage yet again. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's no answer to this. You keep you move the pitchers back. They they lowered the mounds in 1968 because Bob Gibson had a 1.12 or whatever it was ERA for right. the entire year, and he probably pitched 325 innings. Well, it didn't matter. He was like 23 and six the next year yeah. anyway. After raising, you know, there and you had Willie Mays and Rico Cardi and Hank Aaron hitting 45 home runs and batting 330. I mean, what happened to? you know, a solid lineup and a decent pitching staff where they actually try to play baseball. I, I'm i sorry. This is ridiculous. It, it, it's, a, it's a gross injustice to what is a good sport. A gross injustice? It is. Wow. What's your take on Otani from the Angels? Explain. Otani is essentially this generation's Babe Ruth. He's pitching and oh, yeah. crushing Oh, yeah. Yes, runs. I did. He's the – and he oh, I didn't actually, know you didn't know who Otani was. I just didn't know what he meant by what's my take on him. Yeah. I, I like him. I don't know. I never met him. Yeah, that's what I, I – <laughs> I'm sure he's I nice. did hear that. He it didn't a ring a bell. This is the first time in 100 years exactly where a player leading the league in home runs took the mound. And, right. And he's leading the league in 700. Babe Ruth did it in 1921. Yeah, it's a good story. So, is it? Are you asking me? Should I mean? The so, what am I supposed to say one? about this? Is I mean, no, is like, he going to say baseball? Is he what? I, I you know, well, yeah, it's great, but he's he's a throwback. He's pitching more than two and three quarters innings, exactly, he's, and getting nine strikeouts and hitting four hundred and some right. foot home so runs. So, why can't other ball players do this kind of stuff? I, and that's why I always liked Mike Trout. He's he is an old school gritty ball player. I agree, but he's a block of wood. Is kind of the problem with him. And, and he's th- he's Lou Gehrig of twenty twenty one. And this goes back to the culture of baseball. And Lou Gehrig though, was right? pretty good. He was very good, but he was a block of wood <laughs> until True, his. But they didn't need uh, he didn't need to be a personality because he was Bay Ruth, right? But what you have now, you're seeing it with Fernando Tatis this week. You know, the the MLB, in general, the culture has to change. Look, I I don't need all the, you know, ridiculous amounts of showboat and, you know, the the Randy Moss, Terrell Owens stuff in Major League Baseball. But But why not? Should you show any personality, someone is going to try to murder you by hitting you in the ear with a 101-mile-an-hour fastball with a fantastic spin rate, generally. (laughs) You know what I mean? So What's the angle coming off his hand? And the air yards. Yeah, the analytics people are already saying with, you know, with Otani and already having had the Tommy John and being with his 
his war and everything else and his exit velocity on his swing. Yeah. You know, he should, shouldn't be pitching. He should just focus on hitting. Other people go the other direction. You know, this culture of MLB, that, that's got to change, you know, desperately. They've got to get balls in play. They've got to change this culture. There's got to be some personality. It's just this, these unwritten rules. You've got to have players. And, and they have to be allowed to play. Right. I mean, it's, you know, Willie May said probably 60 years ago, one of the most profound things. He goes, you know, they ask him his take on baseball. You know, he says, they throw the ball, I hit it. They hit the ball, I catch it. You know, and, and he batted, what, over 300. He hit 660 home runs. Right. I mean, pretty good ball player. Pretty good fielder, if you ever watch any of his films. Pretty good arm, too. I mean, you know, he has a catch named after him. Thank you. Defensive player. <laughs> Five tool. But 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 the days, I mean, these these highlight reels of some guy actually pegs one in from left field to third base and they act like it's a highlight reel. I mean, I remember Roberto Clemente throwing him from the corner in right field, throwing a guy out at third base. Right. Not even bouncing. I mean, just there. I mean, that was just and and, well, and, and as fantastic speak- as it was, you know, there's a lot of guys that did that. Yeah, but still not that many. Roberto no, Clemente no, no, was no, special. not tons. But nowadays, if somebody makes a play from from mid shallow center field and it doesn't hop to th- to uh, second base, they act like it's something great. See, I I don't think that's the case. The problem with baseball is nobody even gets the opportunity to make that throw because the guy either hit the scoreboard or he struck out, and that's the problem. Even the marketable guy, there is so no too lively at baseball. I don't know what it is. I number one, it's just the, the the mindset change with the shift, with the small ballparks, with the maybe it's a lively ball. We have that debate every year. But what has been decided based on analytics? The real problem is the nerds with the computers. The engineers are even making lineup decisions now. And when they're looking at what they're doing with pitchers, how they're managing their pitching staffs, and what the hitting coaches are being instructed to teach players is launch angle, right? Exit velocity. You're trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Remember when you were in Little League and it was embarrassing to strike out? Remember when the record for the most strikeouts, I forget who the guy was 15 or 20 years who was flirting with it, getting close. And he was the, the laughing stock of Major League Baseball. Not anymore. It's you're trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. That analytically, it's like pulling up from the logo in the NBA or in college basketball. Analytically, somehow it's better to miss a long three-pointer than to make a layup. I don't know why. Somehow it's better to strike out trying to hit a home run than hit three singles in a row and score a run. I don't know why. The math probably bears it out. People much no, smarter than me have done bear it out. Other than the well, fact it clearly it, does. <laughs> I, f- I feel like this is, but your, it makes it an unwatchable product. Well, two points is more than one point, but three points is more than two. Going back to a right, basketball yeah, and, and that's the thing. But but what they're taking was it Chris Davis. Yeah, that, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think you're dead on with that. So. It, it's just this mindset shift, and they, it has to get shifted back, and this has to be done. Unfortunately, almost by the individual players, by the individual teams, there's not much the league can do to mandate. They've tried to mandate things to speed this up, to speed up the game. 
they can't do it. And in every sport, as analytics becomes more and more important, you're going to see this. And there's a small enough but loud enough faction who lives with this. You, you, you want to shoot yourself in the face? Get, get in a debate with one of these analytics nerds online or in a bar somewhere. You, you, you will want to end it all. These guys... They won't give on. It's unbearable, and you're going to keep seeing it. This is why I pay no attention to the NBA anymore, because all of these guys can shoot 60% from three, so it's kind of accelerated the process. We're starting to see it in college, but still you have to have a bit of an inside-out game, which is why the NCAA is better. This isn't about you know the, the overexposure, the... You know, the woke culture, all the reasons people claim they don't watch the NBA. People don't watch the NBA because it's not a good product. It's three dribbles, four steps, and launch from three, and then we turn around and go back to the other end and do it again. It this is just that manifesting itself in Major League Baseball. Fortunately, I don't know how you can do that. I guess we see it to a degree in football in the NFL where the running game and the running back has become much less important because the analytics say it's better to just chuck it 40 yards downfield every play, and that probably progressively gets worse and worse. And you see the NFL tightening up the the rules on the defense more and more and more and more. We're probably heading out with – it's just the way sports are going, and I, it, it's bad. That's yeah, my takeaway. It's, it's so to say all that, it is. it's bad. It's, it's kind of like this show. It's gruesome is what it is. And, you know, I mean – I, I, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, like the passing, like in the NFL, with the relaxed uh, defensive rules or, or capabilities, let's put it that way. I mean, more you know, stricter rules, I guess, defensively. It makes sense that they pass a lot more than run than than back they did fifty, sixty years ago. So, I mean, that's one thing. It's more of an evolution of the game, whereas. Baseball, I mean, this game, it really can't change. No. And it's not, you know, they have, these games have gotten so long with managers pulling five pitchers every game in a nine-inning stretch because a left-hander's coming up, and the analytics say that I have to have this sidearm right-hander come up the bat or or to pitch to this guy or whatever because he can't hit a sidearm curveball on Tuesdays. You know, and, I mean, it's... Tuesdays are a tough day to hit. <laughs> it really is. Maybe we ought to switch our days. What maybe is Tuesdays it? is a bad day. Oh, so, so maybe the show wouldn't suck if we did it on it, a Wednesday. It might be wonderful Wednesday. Who knows? Didn't we used to do it on Wednesday yeah, back we when did. people actually listened? Yeah, hmm. we did. Hmm. Something That's, to think about. Yeah, I tell you. Would Nolan Ryan make it today? Sure. Of course he would. I'm just saying, with the managers and analytics, would they let him? Well, and his big thing was he was throwing 101. Now every dickhead coming out of the bullpen's throwing that. Yeah, but he that threw 101 pitch. for 383 innings. Well, but that, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. That that but it doesn't that matter. wouldn't be valued now. There'd be so, no value to that. Well, sure it is because if you're getting people out, and if the manager come walking out and says you're going to come out, he'd say no, I'm not. Well, the, <laughs> yeah. you do Robin that. Ventura, there, there, yeah, there is that factor. You just go ahead and turn your skinny yeah. ass around. Yeah, Bob pile. Gibson did. He just waved the guy yeah. off, or know? like he said, "Yeah, I'm going. You're going to see what." Robin Ventura fell. What, right. So do you, do you think somebody like Nolan Ryan, with all those innings thrown 101, would he have pitched longer then? 
My God, he pitched till he's like what, forty six? Right. Would he have pitched till he's sixty? Well, probably not. I mean, you know, I don't think you ever lost the velocity. I he think just you get to he was, he was to like quit. in the nineties, but I still, think you get like, to a point where your body just breaks down just due to age. I mean, look, I'm still in my prime, but right I, I just don't feel like I did when I was you guys' age. You know, like shit. No, I didn't say look. Oh, oh, oh. feel. <laughs> Yeah, I've kind of felt like I've been hit by a train for the last six or seven years. Oh, I've felt that way since the 70s. <laughs> Yours was <laughs> drug abuse. Well, you're you're awful liberal with the yays today. Just yeah, they were well earned. We, we've had some good yays tonight. This this was I've a fantastic hilarious. show. I've been hilarious. We we got Apple back. We're good. Oh, so this is what it's all about. It, it's still attempting repairs. Yeah. Now I got to buy him a freaking MacBook, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Can we give, go give home? Give him a way, yay for that. Oh, okay. Can we go home? I'm sure, hungry. why not? You know what's no good, though? I got to eat soup tonight. Why? What kind of soup? I got that filling today. Oh, yeah. I felt like I got hit in the face with a grain shovel. What, when you said that earlier, I laughed because... I know what a grain shovel is, yeah. and that oh, would yeah, not our, feel good. Yeah. For those city folk, it's like a great big shovel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Picture the one that the guy in the old, uh, you see in old film clips walking behind the elephant in the parade, scooping right. up there the shit. Go. That's a grain shovel. Yeah, Similar to a coal shovel. But, yeah. We, yeah. but we, we put together a pretty good show considering, you know, I came in rather forlorn dealing with the dentist. The TV in my living room died. Yeah. Shock G died. We didn't even mention that today. That hit me like a ton of bricks. What, what broke? Shock. <laughs> Shock G died. Oh, okay. Of digital Underground? The uh, Humpty yeah, Dance? Yeah, there you go. The Humpty Dance. Are, are we getting anywhere with you yet? I got to hear about every d- backup d- guitarist from every broke dick rock band from the seventies, and you don't know who Shock G is. We forgot to mention last week DMX, or was yeah. that after Tuesday? Yeah, I, mean, I can't and, remember now. Him and his rap sheet went down with the oh wow, like the Titanic. What are you doing? Why would you wow. attack DMX and his legacy? Stating facts, <laughs> man. Wow, I think we have to edit that out. <laughs> Why? That was hurtful. I don't think so. I don't, I'm you, just you making just, noise, just, praying he hits the outro music so we can write this up. You but just, he just you can't just, take a you hand. know, bashed rock bands, which is like the most sacrilegious thing in the world to do. Because in general, I didn't attack anybody specifically. Well, yeah, that's even worse. You could say like, okay, take band X. I don't like them, but just Nickelback. say all rock bands suck. Well, Why does just... anybody like Nickelback? I'm not ashamed to admit. I kind of liked them. Like, I wouldn't go to a concert, but... Is that Nickelback? Nope. Oh my <laughs> That's Lord. the outro. Now, now you talk about me. Yeah. No, I, I'm trying to piss him off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're getting a phone call. Who's calling? Somebody's calling. It's for your wife. Oh, answer. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. Yeah, let's go ahead and decline ahead. that. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> That'd be funny because it was it a FaceTime. It was a FaceTime, yeah. Wow. See, that would have been he's funny. Gutless. Yeah, he's I'd have answered it. He's smart. Yeah, man. <laughs> but he's got. Well, what's she gonna do? Huh? He could take her. I would think. Yeah, but he could kill us. He could kill us. Yeah. How? Well, I mean, it depends on how much trouble she gave him. 
He could come in next week and kill us. Ah, like a disgruntled employee. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'm going to go eat soup and hey, welcome the to Chaos and Disorder. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> finally, somebody would listen and they couldn't follow it up. So I don't know how, I don't know what this was or how we follow it up next week, but we'll sure give her hell. Until then, check out everything, all the archives you can find at AsylumFantasySports.com. And, of course, interact with the show at Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters and Chaos and Disorder pod on Facebook. Until next time, when Rick will tell us what's in the box, we'll see you. Take care. So he, so he could actually talk. Uh. Because you get grumpy trying to talk over the music. No, I was fun. <laughs> I think you're just being facetious. I, I am not. Putting this out here. Tell me if you want to or not. Would you want to do... Hasta luego. Fruit fly. Yeah. Somebody needs to clean the studio. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely can't say that. Why not? We're talking about us. That's true. Are we off? Bye, horse.